we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Welcome to Redemption Church. Just kidding. We're not going to do that. During this time of hiding, God fed Elijah from the mouths of ravens. They brought him bread and they brought him meat. And he provided water from a secret brook. Now, this is a time of drought. It's a secret brook because it wouldn't be there if anyone knew about it. The Lord knew about it and took Elijah to a secret brook. And we're going to read it. First Kings chapter 17, beginning at verse seven. Sometime later, the book, the brook dried up. No, wait, is Elijah in the will of God or not? I'm telling you, you can be in the will of God, do everything you're supposed to do, and the brook will still dry up. You can be in the will of God and not have enough money. Yeah, you can be in the will of God and still not get the job you wanted. You understand this? This is Elijah the prophet. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Far too often, when the brook dries up, we go to complaining. We go to a place of fear. What we need to be listening for and looking for and asking for is what? The word of the Lord. The brook dried up, and then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Verse 9. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Somebody said food. So we went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it. He called, hey, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. Verse 12, as surely as the Lord your God lives. I imagine she had a little sass in her voice. She replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die, 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 die. Everyone said die. She said it. That's what she said. God told Elijah to come to this town. True or false? God told Elijah to find a widow. True or false? God told Elijah that this widow would provide Elijah with food. True or false? It doesn't look true yet. Learn something. You can hear the true voice of God and everything you see and everything you hear screams false. But is it still the true word of God? I got to tell you, God sets it up like this. I just feel the need to tell you God even sets it up like this. He gives you his word and then lets everything stack against his word so that he can show his word off. 
because his word will come through and it doesn't matter. The gates of hell will not prevail against what he speaks of. Trust in the word of the Lord, church. Yet when Elijah asked for a piece of bread, the woman's response is so unexpected that it's so unexpected that you wouldn't blame Elijah for wondering if he had misunderstood God. You ever been in that place where you hear the word of the Lord and then everything else causes you to think, maybe I misunderstood the word of God. Maybe I talked to the wrong widow. Is there another widow in this town? Maybe I misunderstood Zarephath. Is there a Zarephath around here or something? Did I, did I miss the word of the Lord? She says, I don't have any bread and the little supply I have is just enough for me to bake a cake for myself and my son that we may eat it and die, 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 die. That's what, I mean, dramatic, right? But she's not just being dramatic. This is everything she's planning for. I want to tell you that this woman is determined to die. Die, die, die. She's determined to die. Do you agree? Yeah, this widow was so determined that she had it all planned out. I'm going to do this, 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 and then die. And she was not afraid to tell the prophet about it. She went right ahead and said it. She had the recipe already laid out at home for that last meal. She was going to eat it and then die. She was actually gathering her final supply by picking up sticks to make the fire, to make the last meal. She would eat and die. Her every effort in this story is to die on a full stomach. She was not determined to live. She was determined to die. Somebody say amen if it's true. Am I talking to anyone that's a little bit like this widow? Are you in a drought? You run out of hope. Are you out of faith? Can you no longer see a future? Are you keenly aware of the lack in your life and you see no way out? You might not realize it, but you can be exactly like this widow and you here today could be determined to die. What does that look like? Well, let me tell you, if you have no plans for your future, you're more like this widow than you understand. If you have stopped dreaming about the future, if you've stopped believing for a better future and started planning to enjoy it, planning to have it, then you're more like this widow than you understand. If you're afraid to try to achieve your dreams, And use your talent because it is just easier and it is safer to stay right where you are. You're more like this widow than you're willing to admit. If you are constantly just trying to make it through the day. Instead of breaking through and overcoming the challenges. You're just gathering sticks. If you're comfortable with the status quo. If you are no longer praying and asking God to deliver, then you have resigned yourself to death just like 
the widow. Little did this widow know the Lord of heaven had seen her in her situation. The Lord had even spoken to a prophet and sent him across the countryside to her very city. God had sent a prophet to deliver a word to her and bring her back to life. Continue our reading, 1 Kings 17, verse 13. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me. Think about this. From what you have and bring it to me and then... Make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Verse 15. By the way, that's a pretty specific prophecy. Verse 15. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. Verse 16, for the jar jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Before we move on, I want to point this out to you. God God's word, it's clear that Elijah is speaking the word of God. But we aren't ever told before he, he has a pause moment. We aren't told this. We aren't told he has a pause moment while she says something and he pauses and waits for the Lord to speak to him and then he speaks it out. Can I tell you something? That it just came right out of him. The word of the Lord. And there are times the word of the Lord wants to work just like that in you. And you need to not operate by how you think. You need to operate on a thing called faith. And you need to let the word of God come out of you. Okay? The first thing that Elijah tells the widow is don't, what? Be afraid. I want to tell you, living takes courage. It takes courage to live. Dying takes no courage at all. Remaining in the status quo takes no courage. It takes courage to stand yourself up after you've been knocked down and to start climbing up out of the pit. It takes courage and it takes faith to say, I am going to try again and see a difference made. That takes courage. This woman did not have courage. When Elijah met her. But do you know who really showed courage in this story? Elijah showed a lot of courage. God tells him to go. He goes. God tells him to approach. He approaches. He is shut down immediately. And he just, he goes further. He asks for food from a woman who said, I'm about to eat my last meal and die. He does it. That's pretty Courageous, do you agree? Do you realize how gutsy the prophet Elijah is? He looks this widow low on supply, 
low on hope, low on faith. And Elijah says, first, make me a small loaf of bread. And then take what you have left over and make something for you and your son. Now, I got to tell you, this story amazes me. I've always been amazed by this story. First time I read it, every time I read it, I'm still like, oh, that's amazing. Makes me nervous. It's so amazing. Everybody read a Bible story so amazing it makes you nervous. I'm telling you, this story makes me nervous. This moment is a moment I have thought an awful lot about. I can see myself having the courage to lift up my staff like Moses. I can see my, I can play that picture in my head, what I would do as, as you watch the Red Sea part. I could play that role. I know I could play that role. See myself. I could, who else could play that role? Anybody? I believe I could. I could see myself being Gideon and leading a small army, 300 men with no weapons and, and breaking jars and shouting and defeating a Midianite army so big that it can't be numbered. I could see myself being crazy enough to be a Gideon. Am I crazy enough to be a Gideon? What do you think? Vicky? Vicky says yes. I could see myself being a Noah. Although I'm not a good builder, I'd certainly try. I could carry gopher wood for days. I could see myself as an apostle with the guts to preach the gospel, even if people belittle me or Pharisees would try to imprison me. I look through the Bible and I see all kinds of stories that I, I think I could, I could fill the shoes of that, of that person. Anybody relate to this? Okay. Out of most of the stories in the Bible, I want to tell you this story of Elijah and this woman with an empty cupboard is one of the difficult ones, the most difficult one for me to ever see myself fulfilling. Being dead honest with you today. Is that okay? Is that okay? I, I have, I'm like, dang, Elijah, you, you're, wow, you got some faith. Can you imagine having the courage to look someone in the eye who has so little and boldly ask them to first make you something? I can't. And it's really hard. If we didn't know the context, actually, of this story, it would be so easy to criticize the prophet. There you go, those televangelists asking for money again. There they go. They're only after your bread, man. That's all they're after. Surely this prophet's only looking out for himself. It would be so easy to criticize the man of God in this situation. Let me tell you, I, I've been around ministry to know uh, ministry often gets criticized wrongly for being after money. I remember we were helping plan a church. And there was, we were having a little small group and a little uh, community out in Irving. And I remember we were, we were talking about how God wants to bless you and, and you know, having just a very simple baseline conversation about how God loves you, wants to do good things for you. And then they just, these, these ladies started talking about, oh yeah, well, be careful how we bless you because if you drive too nice of a car, 
preacher's driving too nice of a car. They said, and I was, I was just curious. I was like, well, how, how nice is too nice? And they said, an Oldsmobile. It's too nice. I'm like, whoa, that's a low bar. <laughs> My gosh. I'm like, we, we drive a Buick, all right? Is that a Chrysler? It's as big as a will. All right. Can you imagine having the courage to look someone in the eye, even though it could mean criticism for you? I got to tell you, most Christians stop right there and we don't go any further. It's why we've not shared the gospel. It's why we haven't prayed. It's why we haven't invited someone to church. It's why we haven't stepped out and been the minister that God's called us to be. Somebody say amen because it's the truth. It's good preaching. It's the truth. All right. Gus, online, sometimes you have to tell your church you're preaching good because they, they just don't know you. Elijah courageously obeyed the command of the Lord. And because he did say the difficult thing, guess what? He lived and everyone else lived. Do you realize that what he said was the truth? And what he said was actually the blessing come to her door. He wasn't trying to rob her. He was trying to bring the blessing of the word of God and the promise of God to that empty cupboard. She made that bread for Elijah and there was food every day for all of them. God worked a miracle and the flour, it didn't run out. And the oil, it didn't run out. If you think that is courageous, say amen. For Elijah to boldly declare the word of God. Well, if you think he's courageous, let me tell you about a man named Jesus. Jesus says these courageous words. John chapter 10, 10, he looks into the eyes of disciples and he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus declares that there has come, that he has come to give life and a life that is full, a life that is super abundant, a life that is not lacking anything, a life that's like that piece of bread that never runs out, a life that's like that flour and that oil that never runs out. Jesus courageously declares this. Do you have this kind of life? He says this life is only found in him. John chapter 11, verse 25. He says, I am the resurrection. Who? Jesus. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. What a thing he said. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Jesus courageously declares that the life within him is not just a beating heart and blood pressure. And lungs moving back and forth. No, the life inside of him is resurrection life. And even if they die, they will live. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Did he say it? John six forty eight. he says, I am the bread of life. He says it. Jesus with great courage says, he is the bread of life that came down from heaven, that brings life to whoever consumes his word. John fourteen six, 
This is my courageous Jesus talking again. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Of all the gall of Jesus, Jesus stands up, he looks people in the eye, and he says, He is the way, and there is no other way. He is the truth. Don't ever look anywhere else for the truth because he is the only truth. And he is the only life. And there is no other way to the Father but by Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you today, I don't think you'll find anybody as courageous as Jesus. Jesus declared himself to be life. And I got to tell you, every time he said it, people went, whoa. I'm telling you, every time he said it, his disciples who had heard him say it previously went, whoa. How do I know that? Because I'm one of his disciples, and when I read his words, he, I still go, whoa. Jesus declared that he is the one who can cause you to cross over from death to life. In the words of C.S. Lewis, for someone to say that, they must either be one of three things, a lunatic a liar or Lord. Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, he is not a lunatic. He is not a liar. He is the Lord. And he lived courageously in order to save us. Our Lord wants us to also have his courageous life. He modeled courage for his disciples. He modeled courage for us. Do you think he wants us to be brave and full of courage and full of faith? I'm telling you, he does. So I got to ask you, are you courageously living? You get that answer in your head. Are you really living a courageous life, a Jesus courageous life? Why not? Christians ought to be courageous. We claim to be followers of the courageous Christ. How dare we claim to be Christians and then be cowards? We claim to follow the Lord of Daniel who faced down lions in the lion's den. Why did he face those lions? Because he courageously prayed to God even though a government said you can't. We claim to follow the Lord of David who took down a giant because David courageously believed in the name of the Lord. We make a big deal out of the sling. We make a big deal out of the stones. But I always remember what David said. He said, you come against me with a sword and a spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. He believed in the name of the Lord so much that he put his life on the line for that name. Somebody shout that name. Oh, I believe in your name, Jesus. We claim to follow the Lord of Moses who parted a Red Sea and courageously led people out of slavery and into freedom. We claim to follow the Lord of Peter who walked on water and courageously preached the resurrection of Jesus. We claim to follow the Lord of a man named Paul who was stoned to death 
And because Jesus is the resurrection in life, somehow that dead Paul rose back to life and he decides I'm going to walk right back into that city I just preached the resurrection about. And I'm going to be a living example of it. What courage. Oh, living takes courage. Are you living courageously? Oh, God, let courage awaken us. Let courage beat in our hearts. Let us let us come to life with a boldness and a bravery and a courage that we see in Jesus Christ. We have been through it the last year, haven't we? Anybody know that? that what's the name of that virus? Anybody remember that name? I'm not going to say it. That pandemic. We've been told to social distance and not do things that we once thought were normal. Now, I just want to be clear. Don't think that I'm like taking real hard sides here. I'm not anti-vaccine. You want to get a vaccine, you go right ahead. I bless you. I'm not I'm not against being wise, maybe taking safety precautions, but I do need to tell you this. Here it is. Do not stop living. Do not stop living. You can remain careful and still live courageously. Careful and courageous are not antonyms. You can be careful and courageous all at the same time. You really can. You can be wise in it. I want to tell you to get back to living. I know far too many people that because of this pandemic, they are living in fear. I want to tell you, you need to say goodbye to your fear and live. You need to say goodbye to your depression and live. You need to say goodbye to your anxiety and live. I'm going to tell you this. Do not spend one more moment not living. Don't spend one more moment not living. Don't let there be a shutdown on living. You go right ahead and you live. One of the major reasons we don't live courageously is the fear of failure. Amen on that one? I've reached the point where I would rather be a failure than a coward. I'd rather be a failure than a coward. I'm at that place, and I think it's a pretty good place to reach. I would rather fail in getting my education than to be too cowardly to try. I would rather fail in business than to sit on the sidelines too afraid to attempt it. I would rather fail in my career than to play it safe any longer in a job that I hate. I would rather be a failure than a coward. Live courageously. Dream courageously. Parent your children courageously. Love your spouse courageously. Love, pray, worship God, and do it courageously. Clap your hands courageously. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, courageously. Now, living courageously for the Lord does not mean at all that you have faced your last bit of trouble. Being courageous means that you are determined to live no matter what trouble comes your way. So be determined to live. You have to be determined. Why? Because you are going to face trouble. 
I don't feel like I'm in the spirit of prophecy here, but I want to tell you, every one of you, you're going to face trouble. Because, well, Jesus said it, right? John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Don't let the trouble steal your heart. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Elijah, the widow, and her son. When we last looked at their story, they were delivered miraculously, weren't they? And it appeared that they would live happily ever after. I wouldn't blame the Bible if, we, if it just jumped to another story about Elijah and we never heard of the widow again, right? I wouldn't, make, I wouldn't have any problem with that. I would just go, wow, praise the Lord. She just went right on living until the rains came back. And then, you know, she probably did amazing, wonderful things for the Lord. Well, you might think that but you might also keep reading. The moral of the story seemed to be that if you just believe God, you're always going to have what you need. And somebody might wrongly preach that sermon point. It is not a biblical one. Watch what happens. First Kings chapter 17, verse 17. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. Who became ill? The son of the woman, the widow. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, what do you have against me? (laughs) Thank you. I respond the same way. What do you have against me? Like Elijah did it. Man of God, question mark. Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill, 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 kill my son? That's what she asked. Wouldn't you just love to be a prophet of God? Isn't ministry just the best? My goodness. The widow was determined to die when she met Elijah. She was picking up sticks. To bake that final meal, she obeyed the command of the Lord and received a miracle every day in her kitchen pantry. She lived in the miraculous provision of the Lord every day. But then trouble come. Her son becomes sick. He got worse. And he got worse until he finally died. He stopped breathing. How does the widow respond? You've got this in your head. She was full of faith, wasn't she? Full of hope. I know that she went up to the prophet and said, Prophet, what says the word of the Lord? Give me, I need to hear, thus saith the word of the Lord. Point me to faith, pastor. Is that what she says? No. Oh, prophet, where is the latest small group? Oh, when is the next first Tuesday worship? I can't wait. Oh, because I know the Lord is not done moving and ministering in my life. Ah, no, none of that, right? Not at all. No, I would say the opposite of that. She was not determined to live. She was once again determined to die. 
She says to Elijah, what do you have against me? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Are we like this? You and me. Be hard on this lady all she wants. She's a widow for reasons. She's been covered in death before. I, you know, give her a break. But what about us? Are we a little bit like this widow sometimes? Something goes wrong and you just lose it. Something goes wrong and you just admit defeat. Do we throw all the blame on God? Oh, I'm telling you, I've been there. I've been there. Something about something about flat tires always gets me. Um, I can be coming right out of a church service going, oh, cloud nine. All the promises of God are yay and amen. I'm walking in every promise. And then my car gets flat on I-75. I'm like, God, what did I do? What did I do wrong? It's me or it's you. You're mad at me. What is it? I just let it throw all out, out the window, right? Why? Because of trouble. Trouble comes and I turn into this widow really quick. Of course, God, you're just going to do this to me, aren't you? You couldn't have warned me there was, there was something in the road. You couldn't have given me an angel that Protected my Firestone tires, Goodyear. Where was this woman's faith? Well, where is your faith? When problems come, we don't always respond in faith. Is that you? Am I preaching to you today? Receive that. Take that. What is it about our faith that it is so cowardly? What is it about our faith that it doesn't last past the next trouble? She, the woman, was once again determined to die. Even though she had seen miracles and heard the word of God, that God had shown her how important she is to him, how important her son is to God. But Elijah, he wasn't determined to die, was he? He was determined to live. Somebody say determined to live. Verse 19 Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow? I am staying with because and causing her son to die? Elijah got real right there, didn't he? Can I tell you something? Elijah didn't know what was going on. It's okay not to know what's going on. Elijah goes praying, and he doesn't pray, God, I know this is your sovereign will. No, he's going, God, was it true? What she said, did you come to kill her son? And Reading on, verse 21, then he stretched himself out on the boy three times, and he cried out to the Lord all three times. He cries out this, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. Lord, my God, let this boy's life 
returned to him. And the Lord heard Elijah's cry. And the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is true. Can I tell you today, be an Elijah in the middle of all your problems, in the middle of all your trouble, in the middle of all your questions. Can you be loud and fervent in your prayer like an Elijah? Can you pray the first time and then the second time and then the third time? Lord, bring life back. Mm, Can you look at something dead and say, give me that. Let me have a hold of that and cry to the Lord. Elijah was determined for life to return. Lord, let your life return to my marriage. Lord, let your life return to my children's lives. Lord, let your life return to my dreams. Let it return to my calling. Lord, let life return to my career and to my finances. Lord, let life return to my church. Lord, let life return to my city. Lord, let life return to our country and to our world in Jesus' name. Somebody say, Lord, let life return. We serve a courageous Lord who declared, I am the resurrection and the life. And this resurrected, courageous Lord is looking for disciples that are courageous enough to believe that he is exactly who he said he is. Who are courageous enough to believe everything in his Bible is absolutely true. Are there any courageous people in this place today? When was the last time you courageously, with determination, called on God like Elijah called on him? Will you take a dead thing, stretch it out before the Lord, and then cry out to the Lord courageously? We're going to be opening this service for a time of prayer. I want, I want people calling on God courageously and with determination today in the room and online. I want you to do it. Will you do it today? I hope you will in Jesus' name. Before we come, I want to challenge you with the end of this story. We've already read it. I just want to underline it to you. After Elijah had handed a living son back to the widow, she said, Verse 24, now I know you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is true. Somebody say, now I know. Wait a second. She didn't know this already? She knows now? Now she, I'm going to praise the Lord, sister. Praise the Lord. Just tell that testimony, but I got some questions afterwards. Now you know? Wait, she didn't know this when God worked a miracle in her life? She didn't know that? She didn't know it when God sent a prophet across the countryside and found her while she was preparing to die, die, die? No? <laughs> she didn't know it 
every time she went to her kitchen and she opened up the cabinet and there was flour and she went to this famous jug and there was oil in it. She didn't know it then. She knows it now. Now she knows. What she really is revealing is that she didn't know it then. When we make this mistake, with all that God has done for us, it is not until the next miracle that we often utter, now I know. I want to tell you, we should know by now. You should know by now. You should know. You should know it strong. Can you clap your hands in this place if you know it by now? I am looking at people that the Lord has healed you. You ought to know by now he's a healer. And the next time you have the sniffles, you shouldn't lose all hope. And the next time a doctor says something, you shouldn't give up. Because you know that you know that he is a healer. I'm afraid that the widow only feels the now I know. Because her trouble had now been eliminated. I fear that the next time she faces trouble, she will once again start gathering sticks. Am I making sense to anybody? This is the last we hear of this widow. She says, now I know. But will that now continue into the future? Will that now be upended by the next problem? Is that you today? Is that your faith? Giving up every time there's a problem? Your love for God waning every time there's an issue? Your worship being depleted as you see other things in your life on a downward trend? Is it dependent on a trouble-free existence? I know Christians that their worship is absolutely dependent on trouble-free existence. I know Christians that they only come to church when things are going good. Adversely, I know some Christians that they only come to church when things are going bad. Is, Is your relationship with God dependent on having no trouble? Because if it is, you are going to be on a roller coaster Until he calls you home. You should know by now. That God is going. To come through. I don't know what you're dealing with today. But I declare courageously. That God. Is going to see you through. You've got family you're praying for. God. Is going to save them. I say it. With courage. Some of you. Need a miracle tonight. God's going to do it tonight. You want it? Come receive it. Can somebody come courageously? Can somebody come boldly? Can somebody come in the first two feet and say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I want that miracle. I want it. I want it right now. Are you waiting? Are you going to come courageously? Let's do it. Let's reach out to the Lord in this place. I want everybody watching. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. 
Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.